Nicolette Riche here of the Eat Real to Heal podcast, and I am thrilled to be doing this podcast with Chris Brooke out of Whistler, British Columbia, where we both live. As this podcast touches a deep place in my heart, as last, last summer in 2018, my dear friend, who also happens to be my ex-husband, took his own life. He left behind a deeply loving and caring wife, three beautiful children, and the one thing that I know is that person, Thomas, it wasn't him that took his own life. It was another being that was wrecked with chronic chronic pain, depression, turmoil, hurt, and for everyone that knew Thomas, they knew him as an amazing man who coached the junior national tennis players, who adored his wife and kids, who was an amazing father and friend and such a great friend to so many people who are lucky enough to know him like myself and he was one of the most loving and kind sons in the whole world as well now 90 percent of my clients that come to me for health consults where they come to me um, and i teach them how to use food as medicine to eat real to heal how to change their lifestyle over to plant-based whole foods to reverse their chronic diseases but the thing is that 90 percent of these clients also are battling depression and chronic pain and fatigue and exhaustion and sleep disorders and panic attacks and so many other types of mental health boulders, I call them. I don't like to call them problems or issues, but they really are boulders that we have to learn how to push them out of the way, how to get over them, get around them. So this podcast with Chris, it highlights one man's journey as he navigates his way through depression, ideas of suicide, even one almost attempted suicide attempt, um, and PTSD and a traumatic brain injury. You'll also get to follow his journey of discovering food as medicine, of using winter cold ice lake baths as a life-saving treatment. That's the Wim Hof method for those who are familiar with it of also his journey in finding food as medicine, of microdosing medicinal plants and finding TBI and hormone brain testing to help him on his healing journey. And we have a good laugh in this podcast as well about so many things which are really truly devastating to so many people, but he's able to look back at all these experiences and really view them from a loving place, um, a place of no shame, a place of deep empathy for himself and for also for both of us, all the um, empathy that we have for anybody else who's going through a similar journey. So Chris is only in his 30s, but he's already lived many lives. He was born and raised in the United Kingdom, where he served also for eight years in the British Armed Air Forces. He fought in the Afghan War and many other places. And he then made his way to Whistler, BC, where we are right now. And Chris then opened up a fantastic gym with his um, friend and business partner where they help people get healthy through running, fitness training, and lifting weights. Chris also has two other businesses, and so he's an entrepreneur, definitely. Um, And he is a pioneer and on a quest to find optimal health, not just for himself, but for his traumatic brain injury and PTSD, but also to share this information with others. For example, he helped his brother, Stephen, who was covered from head to toe in psoriasis, lifelong chronic degenerative disease, and he helped him switch to a nutrient-rich plant-based diet, and he reversed his lifelong disease in no time at all. So stay tuned and enjoy this podcast with Chris Brooke and myself.
everyone. I am Nicolette Riche, and we are in our Green Mustache headquarters office, which is not conducive to doing podcasts. We are building out a podcast room, but I had to take this opportunity before Chris hops on a plane to Mexico. Um, and I want to welcome Chris to the show. Thank you very much. It is a pleasure having you here. Mm, my pleasure being here. So, for those of you who don't yet know who Chris is and you haven't had the pleasure of meeting this incredible, incredible guy, um, Chris is. I met Chris actually um, at a business meeting. I think it was a, a networking meeting. Networking meeting. The cultural center. <clears throat> right. Chris is an entrepreneur here in Whistler, British Columbia. He um, is involved in a few businesses, which we might jump into, but Chris has an incredible story that I want to share with everybody um, because this guy is a renegade when it comes to researching about his health, um, about health in general. He was one of our students. He did our nutrition and detox program um, where the, that allows you to go on and teach people how to use food as medicine to reverse disease. Um, as a result, he did change his lifestyle around food which we're going to jump into. Yep. Yeah. Um, Chris also has um, a wonderful story to share about PTSD as well and the things that he's been doing to manage that. Um, I, he has probably too many stories for us to jump into in just one podcast, so we're going to be getting together probably two or three more times to cover absolutely everything. But what I love about Chris and his story is that um, this guy does not stop um, advocating for himself, for his health, and trying to find solutions. Um, he's a researcher, dives into it. He's not afraid to use his body as a living laboratory to experiment to see what works. Um, so many of our principles and values align, and it's truly a pleasure to have them in, in my life. And I hope to, uh, that you're going to feel the same way as you get to know his story and you invite him into your world as well by this podcast. So let's begin. So we're going to be together here for an hour. There's so many topics that we're going to be discussing here. Everything from food as medicine, PTSD, being in the British um, Air Forces, Wim Hof, um, yoga, meditation, Tony Robbins, and microdosing plant medicine. So that's everything we're going to be touching on, and that's just really a quarter of all the things that we can dive into. So Chris, let's start off with um, why did you want to join our program, the Nutrition and Detox Program? Like, what was it about that that... Um, so my story was, you know, I've always been interested in, in nutrition, how we can eat healthy. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a clue what healthy food was, um, realistically, but then mm -hmm. I had a really good um, success story with my little brother who um, had a horrendous psoriasis all over his body. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I used to tell him, you know, like, you've got to try and think about what you eat and it all, you know, my dad has psoriasis as well and it's kind of runs in the family soul. Um, I say it was about food, you know, think about what you eat and then looking like I'm stupid. But it got to the point where my brother cracked and he was covered in it and it, it was horrendous and it called me up in tears and said, I can't work anymore, my legs are too infected. Um, I'll do anything you say. I know we laugh at you, I know you, you say that you preach to us, but I'll do anything you say. And I was like, right, here we go. Um, I had no idea if it was going to work. <laughs> Just like, you know, I was using my brother as a science experiment on this one and um, Lo and behold, I told him what to do. Um, it was very similar to, you know, a very dulled down version of Gerson that I had no idea about at the time. Um, and then, my, yeah, he, um, four months later, was, was psoriasis free and 30 pounds lighter and a, a new person. <laughs> so, 
and so that's the part that I think is incredible because here you are, and I and we're going to put the pictures on um, down below at the bottom of this podcast. So if you find this online, you'll be able to see the photos. Um, so Chris talked about the Gerson therapy, and really the Gerson therapy is. Um, there's so much controversy about it. It's a hundred-year-old therapy, but people will look online and you'll see all of these doctors who say, oh, that doesn't work. It's, you know, diets not related to health and coffee enemas. Like, what are those? Those are just going to harm you. But, I mean, it's a hundred-year-old therapy that saved thousands and thousands of people's lives. Um, it's used for people with stage four cancer, if you have an autoimmune disorder, if you have diabetes, heart disease, or any type of chronic degenerative disease. And what most people don't realize is that chronic degenerative diseases are caused by lifestyle, like only three percent of them are actually genetic and did you at this point like because your family had psoriasis mm. did you think it was genetic oh man i didn't fully i didn't fully believe that yeah. for whatever reason or another like i don't even know why i didn't believe it why i even viewed it as a food thing mm -hmm. i didn't really know anything about it i'd only looked at little things online and seen little stories um but yeah overall we thought it was genetic we thought it was just you know you get psoriasis unlucky yeah. And uh, my best friend had it as well, and his brothers had it tremendously, and, and, and it just the way it was, we just thought that that's how it was. You get it, because it's genetics. And so here you are, and the picture that we're going to show you, it's actually Chris, I think you're in bed, and you're on Skype, and you took a snapshot of you talking to your brother, and your brother's arms are up like this, and he's like covered in psoriasis, and you teach this to him on Skype. Yes, yeah. And what did you teach him to do? So the, the first thing I wanted to do was, you know, there was a part of me going, oh, he wants my, wants my attention, my help right now, um, but he's going to go away and forget about it. Mm -hmm. All right? So I said, I wanted to snap him into So I, I got him to watch the, the documentary, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, mm -hmm. um, which clearly shows how effective nutrition can be in reversing illness. Um, and, and then I got him to watch Food Matters, and then I got him to cut out a lot of things from his diet. So there's no processed food. Um, I got him to juice every day. Mm -hmm. I got him to cut out. 8% of his meat. I didn't say fully, I didn't say totally stop eating meat, but I said, you know, maybe I have one, one or two pieces of meat a week um, and absolutely no dairy um, and then and no bread. So, you know, bread is a huge part of our family's diet when we grew up. Um, and, then, and then just implement like this whole food, plant based, majority plant based diet with lots of juicing. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a clue about coffee animals. I didn't, I just, and, and I just implemented what I knew to be healthy yeah. um, from the little bit I'd learned. Um, and I told him to wait nine months before he might see any results. Nine months? Yeah, I said, I said be prepared for nine months of mm. nothing. And I said, you're likely to get worse before you get better. Yeah. And that's all I knew. And so he went and did it? Started. It's very same day as so, But would you say he hit rock bottom? Like, is that what happened? He was, he was rock bottom. He was off work. He, was, he, was, he got me in tears. Yeah. Like he he would me up crying. I was like holding my like, tears coming out my eyes. Like, yeah. like, I don't usually cry at things like that. And it broke me to see him like that. I was, I was seriously worried about where he was going to go from that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then it was like, look, and I said to him, I said, I can't do anything for you. I'm just going to give you a list of things, and you go away and do them. And if you don't stick to them, you'll never see if they're the results or not. Yeah. And you can go and you can go back to the hospital and deal with the doctors like you've been there for ten years, which has resulted in nothing, yeah. but only worse psoriasis. Um, and you are going to be astounded when you see these pictures because he's covered literally head to toe in psoriasis and then you see the photos where like his body is maybe just like a little bit of scarring that you see like as a result of like his skin just healing like you know soft you know brown patches where there used to be like the inflamed red patches but I mean his body is free of psoriasis and um 
and and this is what's amazing is that number one he did it number two it sucks that we have to hit rock bottom before we do something like this but i mean he was willing to take a chance i mean and it's food at the end of the day but i have people who'll say like is it safe to eat this many fruits and vegetables is it safe to cut out meat is it safe to you know to do these things and i mean you were able to convince brother to do that i mean but i mean and he did it which is what is so truly amazing so um how did you incorporate it because you grew up in that lifestyle right like what were yeah. the things you were eating in the uk um, oh man, we were cheese and jam sandwiches daily, um, crisps, biscuits, and like a banana, that'd be my fruit. Right, so it's like <laughs> all the processed food mostly. Yeah, and then, and then yeah. chicken dippers and chips and tobacco ketchup for evening meal. Yeah. Lots of alcohol. Um, oh, alcohol, once I've reached 13, yeah. Like. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're 13, here you go. Yeah. And then the alcohol started, I got really into that, you know, great medicine, apparently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he wasn't a big drinker. Yeah. He was a smoker, though. Okay. And smoking definitely had a detrimental effect. We saw that. Um, yeah, the, 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 the diet we grew up with was, you know, bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich was a really healthy sandwich to me. Right. And it was a really healthy meal with a packet of crisps. Yeah. That's what I thought was healthy. And, and I wanted to be healthy. I really did. But I didn't know what true health was. And as I learned, as I went along, um, I remember I attended, I attended a seminar five years ago, and um, this gentleman, Dr. Rohan Weir Singh, brilliant seminar called, called Turning Point. It really was a turning point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and he taught us about nutrition. I remember sitting there going, this guy's going to try and tell us not to eat meat. He's another one of those. Yeah. But then he explained like a really, really detailed description of why foods do certain things to your body and, and how we interact with, with these, with these um, chemicals and imbalances. And, and I was like, holy crap, this just changed everything for me. And so at that point, you had changed your diet? I'd already changed my diet. I've gone okay. off and I was trialing different things and yeah. you know, I still didn't have a clue about Gerson. Yeah. Um, and that's why when I when I heard you speak and I came and found you and I said, Look, I'm really impressed with what you're doing here. Um, I want to show you a picture of my brother. Yeah. And you were like, Oh my god. Okay, <laughs> I think you stopped me in the parking lot or something. You saw me in the parking lot and you pulled out your phone and you're like, This is what you know, the results that my brother got. Yeah. And then I was like, Okay, that's it, you and I are gonna start working together in some um, now, you have been in the British Air Forces. Yeah, British Air Force, yeah, yeah. for seven years. For seven years, and um, saw a lot, did a lot. Um, yeah. What was it like eating in the British Air Forces? What Terrible. Like? <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so, so you know, it's great. You get three meals a day. Well, you did, you don't do that anymore, um, which, which is also terrible. Um, but you'd have a fry up in the morning, and then you'd have, I don't know, let's say, lasagna, um, and chips for lunch, mm-hmm. um, and then a dessert, maybe like sticky toffee pudding, and then you'd have pretty much a similar sort of meal for the evening. Mm-hmm. So you'd have two desserts in there, and then, and then we'd go out and have another meal in the other night. So we would train a lot, and we'd, we'd need extra, extra food. Um, I used to think that eating a chocolate bar every night was cool because I was training so hard. And then I'd eat a bar of Cadbury's dairy milk every night before I went to sleep. I was like, this is sweet because I was training so hard. Yeah. Never realized why I was training so hard and never got ripped. Yeah, <laughs> oh, work so it. I was pulling myself up with crap and feeling tired as well. Like, yeah. every I remember going through, you know, my whole military career was like, afternoons, I always felt tired. Yeah. I was just having this carb overload of, of not just carb, but shit food. Yeah. And you know, I'm feeling tired. Yeah. yeah. And so, and it's incredible because here you are. I mean, you are, you know, in the Air Force, you are, 
you know, working out every single day, you're training hard, um, your mind is supposed to be super alert, yeah. right? And of course, when you're, you know, if you get called into battle and you have to be out there for all the different things, I don't even know all the things you possibly do when you are in you know, <laughs> Army Air Forces or anything, but I'm going to pretend to kind of guess. But it was the same for me. I mean, I was an athlete in playing tennis, varsity tennis in the United States, and they would take us to Wendy's before a massive like, three-day <laughs> tennis tournament, you know, playing these other big, massive schools in Florida, and, like, it was insane. And I'm like, we're eating, like, Frosties from Wendy's <laughs> and big burgers, and that was, but people just do not understand the power of food. So when you switched your diet and you started changing it up, um, did you notice, like, spikes in energy? What was well, um, so, so my biggest problem growing up wasn't surprise is my... Um, my problem was, <clears throat> was hair fever in the summer. Okay. Horrendous. Um, to the point where, you know, we were doing, we were doing covert ops in Afghanistan and um, I had to go to the, to the medical officer and say, look, I can't do this right now. Like, you know, I, was in, I was in shit state trying to get out there. We were going in and trying to be like covert and doing stuff and, and I'm sneezing away and I can't see where I'm going because my eyes are so swollen. Um, and, you know, it was crippling at times. Like when I was a kid, I used to take days off school because my hair people was that hard. Um, and then I went to, when I went to the seminar, I learned about the, you know, the inflammatory properties around dairy and things like that. And I had never heard of this stuff before. I was so sick of hair fever. They'd been putting me on steroids every summer, which, had, which was working, but I knew how detrimental they were to your overall health. Um, I was learning about that. Um, and I was like, I'll try anything. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm cut out dairy. I love cheese. I loved milk. I used to be a milk delivery kid when I was, <laughs> when I was a teenager. I'd drink pints of stuff. Why is my hair fever so bad? I'm drinking yeah. milk. It should be something yeah. um, Strong bones and all that bullshit. Um, and so I said, I cut out dairy and I cut out, I just turned my diet into what this guy told me. And lo and behold, no hair fever, nothing. Not a, not a glimpse. Running around the fields with the grass. And I'm like, no hair fever for Chris. <laughs> This is amazing. Um, and uh, no more steroids or anything. Not, like, no medication. Yeah. No, nothing. So this is the thing that is so crazy because um, for all the people who are listening out there, uh, when I and I'm going to do a podcast with my husband because when I met my husband, it was exactly the same thing. He's from Quebec. You know, it's like everything is alcohol, prosciutto, <laughs> cheese, and milk. And he used to go to bed at night. Like he moved in with me about a month after we met. He moved himself and didn't even ask me. Um, and that was like, 15, 16, 17 years ago, I don't even remember, 18 years ago. And anyway, he'd go to bed like with a glass of milk and cookies. Thinking, and like process like dad's cookies or whatever cheap ass cookies you get from the grocery store. And he would have to blow his nose about 25 times a day. And he would just be dripping mucus, sneezing, coughing, like hacking. Like, I don't even know why we stayed together, how I could stay with this like mucus disgusting bomb of a man. And, like, and so I was like, the minute I saw what he was doing, I was like, get that like you are not allowed to bring milk or cheese into our house anymore like you're done and he did and within like three days no more like sneezing gone he's like oh my gosh i had no idea like we just people do not think about the food that they put into their body and how that relates to their health so here you are seven years um in the british air force yeah right you're in afghanistan fighting you're like yeah. doing afghan i did two tours of iraq and three tours of afghanistan Okay, eating this, you know, processed, highly processed food because, I mean, a lot of it has to be packed, yeah, yeah, um, packaged and preserved and it should stay on the shelf like for years. Um, and, okay, so then you get out and what do you do at this point? And why did you get out? Um, I left, um, so I had a really, really exciting career um, and then I got promoted to corporal. I got made an instructor in, in, a, in, a, in an airbase in Scotland, which after being so operational 
for my first six years. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, this is not what I've got right now. Right. <laughs> so, there's a new industry emerging around the around the whole of Africa, around Somalia, protecting mm-hmm. vessels from Somalian pirates. Um, and there's an opportunity to go and earn a lot more money than the British government were prepared to pay the troops. So um, yeah, I ditched it and um, after a year, year of being a corporal, I was like, I'm out and went and got in the Middle East and started going around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I say around the world, around the Indian Ocean, protecting these vessels, um, in which time I actually discovered, you know, you can actually grow as a person beyond military courses. <laughs> started reading these books and that's how I ended up on the seminar where I uh, learned about food. Okay. And do, were you still a resident of the UK at that point? Yeah, still living yeah. in the UK at that point. Okay. Um, when, when did you come to Whistler? Came to Whistler originally in 2012, 2013, mm-hmm. ski season. Um, and I actually lied. I did the seminar after I'd moved to Whistler. Oh, okay. So I'd come to Whistler, set my life up, gone back to the Middle East, mm-hmm. was visiting back in the UK, hooked up with a girl who's now my best friend. Yeah. Um, she got me to go to this seminar mm-hmm. and lo and behold, we're both very different people now. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to do a podcast with her as well. Um, she sounds, I know who you're talking about, she sounds truly amazing. Um, so then, so then your life changes, you change your diet, life's going on, you open up a few businesses here in Whistler? I do. <clears throat> um, yeah, so I wanted to own my own business, so I came out and started a garbage business with my friend. Um, and we turned it into a, a junk mill, a demolition business. Uh, being in the network of business, we ended up finding another business, an accommodation business, and then um, uh, me and my former girlfriend, we also bought a gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, everything just kind of started unfolding from there. And the chaos that's been in the last few years. <laughs> yes, yes, we are going to dive into that. So let's actually, um, can we go there now? Let's go there. Yeah, yeah. let's go there. So, um, so you joined our course, you know, you're in it and you are a superstar. You get up and you speak at one of our events and tell the story about how you helped your brother heal, which got the, uh, one of the doctors to stand up as well and be like, food is medicine. Like this doctor had never believed that food was medicine, but when she saw so many of my clients healing and then seeing um, our, it was our kickoff fundraising event for our charity, Sea to Sky Driver Society, so where we work with Indigenous folks and communities and youth and physicians to teach them. I shouldn't say teach them, but just remind um, that actually, you know, plant medicine is medicine. It's real medicine and it does have the power to heal the body. So you stand up and speak at that event and I'm like, this guy needs to be working for us and um, up there teaching. Um, And so then I guess a year goes by. I didn't see very much in them, but I see you in a parking lot last winter, yeah. and I'm like, how's it going, Chris? Expecting to heal up here, like everything's amazing, and um, and I know you've been at a few Tony Robbins events over the yeah. year, and so, you know, and those are very exciting, And um, but instead I hear the opposite. I hear you say that it was a pretty shit winter, and <laughs> that you had wanted to take your life. Yeah. Um... So how did that tell it? When you take us to whatever point you want to start from that? Yeah, so, so no, courtesy of my time in the military, um, some things started happening. I started noticing there were some changes in me. Um, and um, as I went into business out here, I know there was changes way before this that I now recognize, but I didn't recognize them until, until this point. Um, I'm in business, I'm living in Worcester. I can I ski gone across the road from my office. I, you know, it was a pretty unique place to be. And an awesome situation, and I'm waking up feeling incredibly low and depressed, um, not able to do anything 
effectively un unable to focus on simple tasks. Um, and I started just going down this downward spiral. Um, and this was before we met. Um, and I had no idea what was going on. I just thought I was either really so stressed or I wasn't eating properly. I was like, maybe this isn't healthy enough. I need to be healthier. And um, maybe I need to train harder. And I had a couple of slip discs in my back as well, which caused a lot of drama. Um, so I couldn't train as much as I used to train. And, Is that um, chronic pain that you were suffering from? Or yeah, it was so chronic, chronic. Chronic back pain. Yeah. Um, debilitating back, back pain at times, like really, really bad. Um, so yeah, I was kind of like going down the street and I couldn't figure out what's going on. And then, um, you know, it got to the point where I was waking up and, and I couldn't get out of bed. And, and it sounds ridiculous, you know, a military guy can't get out of bed, but it's, it's, it's a nightmare. Um, crying, sobbing to myself, you know, just being a mess. And yeah, I ended up getting to the point where I was going to take my own life. And um, this was before that Christmas, that, that winter. Mm -hmm. I'd had a few incidents, um, but I never told anyone. It all, this was all internal. I used to go out and display myself. Hi, everybody. Like, I'm Chris, yeah, and I'm dying think. inside. <laughs> I, I think that's where we are in our society right now. Um, uh, my husband, ex-husband, I was married before to a tennis player, a professional tennis player, and he um, took his own life this summer. You know, he's married, three kids, you know, ran a tennis club, and he had also chronic back pain. His, you know, first, I mean, 20 years ago when we first got together, he had it, and I know it's something he dealt with all the time, um, but I'm sure there was like, you know, a plethora of other things going on, but, you know, we were close even after we divorced, like we would still text all the time, talk on the phone all the time, like we were, you know, still really close to this family, but we, I realize now looking back on our relationship, like we kept everything, everything's like, how are the kids, how's the business, how's like your wife, how's life, how's travel, how's, you know, family, but meanwhile, he was dying inside, like mm -hmm. literally dying inside, yeah. and the one thing I realized is, uh, like I'm so curious as to how many other people are also experience that as well. And did you know it as depression? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to admit it. Uh, I just thought I was being miserable, and it was so hard to recognize it. You know, my 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 perception of PTSD was: you go to war, you see some horrible things, and you're like, God, I can't handle life right now because I saw some blood." Yeah. Which is you know a very blase way of saying it, but that's that was my perception, and I loved war. Like I. I I lived and breathed it. I, I couldn't get enough. That's why I left is because they didn't want to send me, they were going to send me away again for three years. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I can't PTSD. I love being a soldier. Yeah. Um, but it's not okay. It wasn't, you know, I've realized now that's not, that's not how it works. Yeah. And, and it's all about brain chemistry and how high adrenaline environments affect that. Um, and head injuries as well. Um, so I, yeah, I was getting up and trying to crack on with my day and just, just really struggling. To the point where you know I was going to go take my life, and, and I've never had the. I just thought suicide was cowardice, and 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 then I'm there going, you know, I'm just gonna end it. Like it's there's no point in this. This is ridiculous. Um, and I went. I couldn't do simple tasks. Like I said, I went to buy a noose so I could hang myself, and I couldn't figure out where to tie it. And that's when I, I just got so frustrated at the inability to do simple things that even to the point where where am I going to tie this noose? Couldn't just like this blank canvas yeah. in my head um, and I went into my truck and I just sobbed to myself and, and that was kind of how my days were. Some days I'd sit in my truck and just look at my phone or whatever, just distract myself from my real from the real world. Mm -hmm. Two or three hours I'd go and sit somewhere by myself and just, or in the car park outside the office, I just couldn't get out of my truck. Um, it was a horrible, horrible, horrible feeling and, and it's so hard when people are looking at you for results in whatever you're doing and, 
and you can't deliver and you're not delivering and people people don't know that there's a problem you're not telling this to anyone you're, you're happy and joyful on the surface you're just you know intellectually not pulling your weight <laughs> but you had also mentioned that i don't know if it was at this time at this moment where you called a friend and said and what did you tell your was this was this time you're so in this your a, truck yeah so this was last christmas mm -hmm. um you know long story short i went after remembrance day i went manic um mm -hmm. so i went through the roof went to ontario met a girl thought i, thought I loved her and i was going to marry her and she had two kids and I was just, you know, like, we're going to get married. I came home and I told Hannah, and it was, it was an awful thing. And I just went into this nosedive depression. Um, and, you know, it was, it was awful. So I, I go and drop my ex girlfriend at the airport. She flies back to England on a one way ticket. I'm left with these two businesses in absolute shit state. Um, didn't know what to do. And I was like, I was driving home to kill myself. And I was literally like, that's it. I'm going. And driving up the highway, pretty much in tears. I was in tears. And, and I called my buddy who's, who's also had a lot of trouble with PTSD. And I said, you know, can I have your help? Like, <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need to talk to you. I didn't say, can I have your help? I said, you need to talk to you. I'm not really messed up. Mm -hmm. and, he, and I told him what's going on. And he went, you're a dickhead. Because <laughs> you're weird, you are. <laughs> and I was like, anyway, <laughs> I'll speak to you later. And, uh, and that's where I then discovered Wim Hof breathing. Um, and didn't you say you turned on a... Podcaster. Joe Rogan, I believe it was at the time. Yeah. I can't remember my mind was going nuts at that time. Yeah. Um, I believe it was Joe Rogan mentioned <coughs> Wim Hof, and you had mentioned Wim Hof previously to me. Um, and I was like, I gotta check out this guy. Someone was telling me to look at Wim Hof, so I'll check it out, listen to what he's gotta say. Um, and lo and behold, he stopped his anxiety with breathing techniques after his wife died, and then has developed this whole method of being able to swim on rice caps and climb Mount Everest and do all this crazy stuff. Yeah. So I go home and I sit on my computer and I, and I check it out on YouTube. <clears throat> I go, right, I'll, I'll try the breathing techniques. 20 minutes of breathing techniques and lo and behold, the whole uh, physiological change changed everything in, in my mind and I feel like a new man. <laughs> Gone from suicide to like, huh, I think I'm going to go out. <laughs> <laughs> so for anybody who's hearing that, because literally that is how Chris had described it to me, that, you know, he hears a podcast, it mentions Wim Hof, it's like now the second time he's heard about it. So he, you know, goes home and tries it for 20 minutes, you know, does a breathing technique and all of a sudden goes from wanting to take his life to like wanting to embrace life. And, but this is not unlike the results that when the Wim Hof method has gotten with, like, I think it's over 40,000 people around the world who are in very similar situations. Either they have chronic disease, they're suicidal, they have mental health issues, um, they're depressed, anxiety, panic attacks. Um, but I'm going to do a session with Wim Hof. Wim and I are going to do a podcast. I don't know how, Wim, I'm just letting you know that. So. <laughs> be prepared but the way that it works is that and this guy has been scientifically studied there's journal articles on him now his method has been written into like grade 10 science books because it has absolutely defied everything that we know about the neurological and central peripheral nervous system about our brain chemistry and how that affects our endocrine system which is our hormonal system how it affects our digestion how it affects our immune system and um, it's through breathing and breath work and a combination of also um, cold Cold baths or cold showers and um, once you perfect these techniques and you can perfect them like starting right now like you can go online watch a couple YouTube videos on it do it it explains for free how to do it and your brain chemistry will change your body chemistry will change you will start um, firing synapses like where you're saying that like your mind is like a blank slate like 
the synapses are firing, but there's no connection happening. Mm -hmm. So that's why you cannot make a decision. You cannot figure out like how to like put the key into your ignition and start a car. Like this is what happens when we're in these deep states of um, depression and anxiety is that we're in a complete frozen state. It's either fight or flight and you're not fighting anymore. Like you're in a complete um, frozen state. And so what Wim Hof does, it gets the firing happening. Um, and yes, it is through breath work, but and, and then you add in the showers. So this was through the breath work that got you to the state where you're like, okay, I want to do something. So what do you do now at this point? Um, so yeah, so you know, it wasn't a quick, it wasn't, in that moment it was a quick turnaround. Um, and, and then I start working on this. Now don't get me wrong, this is a real difficult time of life. So there's a real difficult period. Um, I, I carry on, you know, the, I'm still in a state of depression overall. Yeah. Right? It brings me out, lifts me up, I've got a tool all of a sudden. Um, it's a tool like right tool. now yeah. right now you're not choosing to take your life exactly so, yeah. so you bought time. yourself some time yeah yeah so and then you know over the coming week days and weeks I um, I start looking more into this and start using it more and more and playing with it and I go to the Scandinavian spa here in Whistler and start using the cold pools going from you know the hot hot, hot pools to cold pool and you know I'm, I remember sitting in there for a minute and thinking I was like ninja I was like, oh my god, I just did a minute here. And it's cold in those pools. I mean, it's minus 10 outside. And inside a cold pool, it's, it's pretty chilly. Um, and then I managed to do three minutes doing the breathing techniques. And then, and then it got to the point where there's two guys sat in the pool with me. And they're doing it. I get in this pool and they're doing it already. And I, start, I just close my eyes and start doing the breathing. And I hear them say, let's make sure that let, let's be in or something like that. And I'm just like, I'd rather die than let you beat me. No chance. Like... <laughs> So I sit there and 20 minutes later, I'm in this cold pool still yeah. and just breathing and I feel warm and I'm having like hallucinogenic experiences, like, like really, really cool stuff going on in, in, the, back, in the back of my eyelids <laughs> and this feeling, got this rush going through my body and just an incredible, incredible experience. Um, I didn't realize how, you know, you've got to control that a little bit when you get out and it's something called a drop off on it. Yeah. You know, I go like, 20 minutes and go sit in the sauna and next thing I'm like, <laughs> going into this Yeah, sauna. you have to keep the breathing going. Yeah, you've got to keep it, keep it cycling. So I learned, I learned a lot of things about it. Um, one thing I learned is that when you change your physiology really quickly, like, like just through something as simple as breath, you can change everything up here. Yeah. Um, and that was emphasized more when I went to Tony Robbins and things like that later on uh, in the year. And um, Tony does, as that's just before he performs. Like he, his had, whole basis is, is, is how do you change your physiology yeah. so you can get the best performance out of yourself in yeah. every situation in life. And, um, and, that's, and that's what this was. It was a tool I stumbled across. You know, I've done some meditation, which was also a reasonably good tool, but it wasn't fast acting in the same way that this was. It was an instant tool. Um, so hold on, about the meditation, tell, tell me, because you've mentioned how that's really important as well. Yes. That... Yeah. Um, and this is the thing is that when people are like what we teach with the Gerson therapy um, and specifically with Richard Health, the additional two points that we emphasize is that number one, it's about nutrition. So you have to have that foundation of nutrition. Like if you're putting crap into your body, um, you are, your body needs energy, it needs fuel, it needs carbs, fats, proteins, carbohydrates, um, but it needs it from whole plant-based food is where it really needs it from. Maybe like, sure, if you're going to be a meat eater, a little bit of meat, but if you have too much of it, that's going to harm you. So you got to neutrify your body and then that stimulates detoxification. So then you got to assist your body in detoxifying um, because we're so overloaded with toxins. And then, you know, there's supplements for the stuff you just can't get, the nutrients you can't get through food. And then the last one is um, 
Um, oh my God, what was the last one? We got, oh, and then additional nutrients, which we get in the form of juicing because our body just cannot get enough nutrients because our food is so depleted in nutrients in you know, this day and age um, compared to what food was like 20 years ago. So once you do those four things, it's amazing. Your body is incredible at reversing disease. But if you have a shit state mind, right, then, um, and this will help with your mind, but, you know, knowing when to slow down, knowing how to address all the stuff that we're, like, stressed out by, knowing how to shift our perception of the stress is really important. So this is where you add meditation, you add going to bed at 10 o'clock at night and getting a full eight hours of sleep a night, and you add moderate exercise, not excessive exercise, and not any exercise at all, which is kind of the state that I'm in. I, I could sit at my computer for 10 hours a day, which is really harmful. Um, but if you just have moderate exercise like yoga, qigong, maybe some martial arts, maybe um, like some gentle running and walking, um, hiking, things like that, your body like is in an amazing state where it is like, it, it, you could be having optimal health for the rest of your life. And this is really what people in these communities, they live to be like 107 because they live that way. And here we are trying to do everything to like live longer and we're actually shortening our lives by like some of this stuff. So mm. meditation is incredibly important. Yeah. Um, and so what type of meditation were you doing? Oh my gosh, I was just doing the basic, <clears throat> start up the five minute plan of just focusing on my breath. Yeah. I put some music in, focus on my breath. Uh, and as soon as I, my mind wandered and I realized that it wandered, I just say breathing, 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 and bring it back. Okay, so super simple. Anybody can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Super okay. simple. Close your eyes, sit up straight, and get this meditation. Um, I went, and when I started doing that, I know this tool was not focus again, but we started working again for a couple of days. This time, from five minutes to ten minutes to fifteen minutes to an hour at times. Like, it, it, I got quite into my meditation. Um, but as with you know a lot of these tools, you end up dropping out, and the consistency is, is especially when you release ups and downs of. Um, Psychological imbalance, or a cognitive imbalance, what you want to call it. Um, it's hard to maintain consistency, and, and I've dropped out of that. So then that's when, when it came out to this bad point, I discovered the breathing, which is essentially another form of meditation when, you, when you're doing it. Um, and then I've got, also I've got this tool which I can now use to lift myself back out of this, this hellhole of the mental state that I'm in to then start looking at other things, um, which when I actually went on and started doing yoga a little bit after this yeah. um, so there's meditation there's breathing and you know i start going running around whistler in minus 10 doing shirtless runs and then we're talking from the cold pools and scanning out to breaking through the ice in the lakes um and then into yoga which yoga has become a huge part of my life and, and yeah. you know I, I can't do enough yoga yeah. um although i haven't done enough this week because <laughs> i've been away as well um yeah yoga should i believe for me it should be practiced every day and um, and I started doing yoga and, I a, and a gentleman who helped me out with, with uh, my cognitive stuff, uh, he said to me, I think you're a bit of a yoga, you really like the healthy side of life, maybe she goes look at yoga. And I was like, I'm not really into it. And he's like, no, go try it. So I said, all right, I'll do 30 days of yoga, see if it does anything. And by the end of 30 days, I was doing yoga twice a day and wow. <laughs> I was just changing. And that's the part that I just think is interesting is, I mean, I've been a yoga instructor for I don't know how long now, like 15, 16 years. And um, I remember walking around with my yoga mat when I first, you know, was certified and people would be like, so is that a cult? <laughs> and, and I think that's interesting because, I mean, people make these rash judgments mm. before they even know what it is. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm mm. bending over, I'm stretching, I'm you know, just quieting my body down, I'm breathing, 
and that is a cult. And then they do the same thing with Gerson and plant-based eating. Like, you know, is that safe to do? Like, oh, you're a weirdo. That, and I'm like, I'm eating stuff that grows out of the earth, and I'm eating it before somebody smothers it in salt, refined products like sugar, oil, and fat. But you think I'm weird for eating fruits and vegetables <laughs> in high quantity. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So, you know, people make these rationale. But, I mean, but I forget that for, I mean, you, you're just discovering yoga now. Like, this is... <clears throat> And, and there's Never. still so many people who didn't realize that, you know, yoga is something. And maybe because it's called yoga, maybe it's too esoteric, it's too well, freaky, it's, too... No, it is. It, it's, it's stepping. People are so unwilling to step outside the, the conforming lines that you live in. And yoga is, you know, yoga has become very mainstream now yeah. in the Western world. But even so, it's still a very feminine sort of thing. A lot, a lot of guys do yoga and... Yeah. For guys, especially like military guys, to step outside and start doing yoga, it's, it's, it's a bit of a push. And, and I was just like, oh, whatever. It's just like go and stretch and do that. There's so much more to it. And, and that really started helping my ability to focus and balance my life. And um, so huge, you know, huge positives from women off to the yoga. So, so here you are, you're filling your toolbox. And that's what um, we teach our students is that, you know what? What we're giving you is tools to use. You have to use them at the end of the day. And you started using one hop, like you said, like you're breaking, was breaking through the ice in Elf Lake and sitting in the lake in the middle of winter. Okay. Snow all around. We have like meters and meters of snow in your city. Mm -hmm. And so what happened at this point? What did you feel in your body and how was that helping with your um, mental health, with uh, depression? It, it pulled me out of funk. Okay. Really dark funk. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you know, don't get me wrong, it's painful. You go out and sit in that ice water, that's painful. You get your hands underneath it and feel it on your balls. <laughs> it's a big one to, to suffer at first. Like, I was like, Jesus, I never really felt pain like this. Um, but you just keep doing it. And, and I, think I, was, I was at a point where I was just like, I'm going to kill myself anyway, so screw it. Yeah, um, might as well suffer from shrunken balls and yeah. ice cold water. Yeah. And I'm going to keep doing hands. this. Yeah. People are there taking pictures of me as I'm running, thinking I'm nuts. And, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I actually put something on Instagram as well. I thought maybe encourage other people to try this. Um, but yeah, it, it just enabled me to get myself out of the bunk and then start looking at looking out and going, well, what else can I do here? Yeah. You know, how can I manage this better? Yeah. Um, so at this point, um, I just want to introduce the. Um, you had mentioned that you had grown a man boob at mm, one time. Yes. Can you tell us about that? Because I I want to lead into the um, the doctor that you worked with. Yeah. Um, as well, and then also, and at this point, you don't even know that you have PTSD. Um, do you know? No, at this point, I do know. By this point, I've, I've, learned, I've learned I have PTSD. Okay, so why don't you start with that? How did you find out that you have PTSD? Uh, because you went from not even knowing that you have depression, right? Here you yeah. are, you're just thinking, like, what the hell's wrong with me, and you're blaming yourself or exactly. whatever, and you don't know you have depression. So how did you go from that to being diagnosed with PTSD? So I get, a, I get an email in the gym. We own, you know, we own the gym, and, and this gentleman contacts us from the British Special Forces um, community and says, "Look, I'm coming to work with some guys regarding um, injured veterans. All right, we're, we're bringing some injured veterans over to us. Uh, I'm going to come in out there to set it all up. Um, I'm going to be giving a talk to some instructors on what you know how to deal with veterans. Could I come and use your gym for free?" And I'm like, "Oh, come on, come on over! Like, we need to sit down on a group." So we sit down and you know we spill our stories to each other. Um, he tells me how he's got really bad PTSD. He was involved in a helicopter crash, and, and then he's like, "Do you want to come and speak on the on the, in this talk with me on the mountain?" Um, 
I was like, well, I don't really know much about PTSD. I've just got a few friends who've kind of suffered. And he's like, well, now you know what? Come up and just talk. I'll give you a little slot in the afternoon. And you just, you know, just tell them what you know. And I was just, okay. And I think it, he, well, he's told me his purpose wasn't for me to, you know, he wanted me to speak because it was, you know, useful, but he wanted me to, to see his part, which details exactly what PTSD is. Okay. And when I sat there and watched that, uh, yeah, and it nearly burst into tears because it just labeled everything I've been going through over the last couple of years. And, and also, I found out, I realized that, oh, I, I accepted that as a problem here. Yeah. And I could now go away and deal with this. Now, this was you know, a couple of years ago now, and a year and a half before this big incident. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, this kind of, this was like a starting point of acceptance, and then the even bigger struggle started after that. For sure. Um, because now you know that. You know, there's something happening, but mm. you don't necessarily like. Were they providing solutions? Because what do you do at this point when you get diagnosed with PTSD? So I didn't get diagnosed. It's a self-diagnosis at that okay. point, and I was unwilling to go get a formal diagnosis because um. I'm like, I don't want this on my record. I'll, I'll sort okay. this out. So I go and get a, a private <coughs> counseling session. Why didn't you want it on your record? <laughs> I just didn't know how it might affect me in the future. Things I might want to do. Uh, I was unsure, so I was just like, no, don't want this. Um, I don't want mental health issues on my record. Um, and I went and saw a private counsellor, and she was great. She taught me how to meditate, and that was my first tool in the toolbox. And then carried on for the next couple of years. <laughs> and each year and a half was just, just a nightmare. And, and eventually I had to go and see more counsellors and um, get more help. Um, and, and then lo and behold, I got to this point where I've done the Wim Hof. Um, doing, doing yoga, and then I get sent this podcast on Joe, a Joe Rogan podcast with um, Dr. Mark Gordon and Andrew Marr um, about traumatic brain injuries. And he says, You might want to listen to this, it might apply to you. I was like, Oh, at first I didn't listen to it, actually. I was like, Oh, whatever. <laughs> and then I listened to it one day in my car, and I'm like, Holy crap, this has just changed everything for me. Um, and so, had you had traumatic brain injuries? I didn't know at the time yeah. it was a thing, oh, right? okay. so I didn't know. Yeah. And, and this goes back, you know, going back to the, to the nipple yeah. you talked about, I grew, grew man boobs. Um, so in 2008 in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. stupidly took um, steroids, right? Wow. Um, just insecure, 22-year-old soldier, wanted to be big, big muscle, wanted to go home. Built some muscle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and yeah, totally stars. I have no idea what I was doing. And lo and behold, I didn't, I didn't do any post-psychotherapy, which is a thing you have to do when you do steroids. Um, and I went home and then stopped taking the steroids and my estrogen levels have gone, matched the um, synthetic hot, the testosterone levels. Mm-hmm. And then the testosterone levels drop and stop, the estrogen levels stays up. And lo and behold, I'm coming out of a boom. No, <laughs> And this uh, is a real thing. Actually, baby boys, when they start breastfeeding because they're taking in so much estrogen from their moms, they actually can grow little breasts when they're infants and actually start secreting milk. Like, this is a real thing. And then usually when their hormones balance out, then, I mean, their boobs shrink back down. But this happened to you when you're how old? I was 22. 22 years old, you yeah. grow, grow boobs, start yeah. secreting, like, milk. So it's milky, milky nipple. Um, and I'm like, all right, whatever. And then it kind of keeps growing. I guess it's a and over the next year, it grew quite a lot. It got to the point where I was in Afghanistan, and, and I was embarrassed at times to take my shirt off because it was you know, quite visible. Um, and was it just one breast? Yeah, and it, yeah. Wasn't, it wasn't a breast. I'm talking like a little one. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, 
Like Why is my double D people? Laying in a prone position on my body armor, I was like, Jesus, this is sore, like this is a tender yeah. girl's tip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I go to the, to the medical officer and said, look, so I think the stress of being out here is giving me a boot. <laughs> I can't tell him I'm going to be doing steroids. Of course. So, all right, yeah, cheers. Um, and then I end up a year after that having an operation to have it removed, um, which went wrong. I got the internal hematoma and ended up still with a lump. Um, but that was back in 2008, 2009. No, 2000, the operation was 2010, the steroids were 2008. So this is, this is a while Two ago. Two years, yeah. And then last year, I'm listening to this podcast. And around the Christmas time, the really intense period, I'd also started growing a boob on this side. And I'm like, how can this still be affecting me? Yeah. And you don't, you hadn't taken the steroids for very long. How long did you take them for? Four weeks. Four, Four weeks, weeks of taking steroids, yeah. and two years later, yeah. You're still suffering from the effects of that. Oh, oh yeah. I, yeah, two years later I was, yeah. yeah. I was thinking last year that the steroids are giving me a boot on this side now. Oh so I'm thinking God. 10 years later. It's still 10 years later. Like, how can this still be? Yeah. Then I listen to this podcast and it talks about traumatic brain injuries and how head injuries, as simple as going in a roller coaster and banging your head off the side, yeah. can cause this imbalance in your, in your, um, in your, in your brain, which upsets the hormone levels in your body. Um, and when they, when they talked on this podcast, this former Navy SEAL talks about his experience and how and what he'd gone through. And it was so similar to what I was experiencing, the aggression, the depression, the inability to focus, and all these different things. And I was like, holy crap, this is, this is exactly what I felt. And I've got a nipple coming on it. <laughs> I've got this boob coming, coming on. So I was like, I need to figure out what, how to do this. So I contact this doctor on the podcast, and he refers me to someone in, in Burnaby who practices this and I go down there and we do a usable test for all my different hormone levels. Um, and what did and he find? He found that I was in insufficient in many hormones, right. <laughs> including my testosterone was being converted to estrogen. Yeah. My, I was no growth hormone pretty much, no vitamin D, um, or very low both of those. Um, and then there's a few other things yeah. going on. That but he did a pretty full comprehensive panel. Yeah, and this is a thing that um, happens when a lot of people are suffering from similar symptoms. They'll just go to their GP and be like, "Hey, I'm not feeling well. Like, can you mm. do your blood work?" And they're testing like just basic, basic, basic. And then usually, what happens in those states is like, "Oh, you know what? Everything's kind of, you know, normal. There's nothing really screaming out here." But it's not until you do the comprehensive panel and then compare everything, like your vitamin Ds, your magnesiums, your in relationship to the hormones, your thyroid. Your thyroid is checked. Uh, I imagine in yes. that panel. I can't remember every, the specifics yeah. of what was checked. I have to go and get the paperwork. Yeah, and did but, you pay for this out of pocket? Yeah, you did. It's, it's yeah, and this is one of the things that people have to understand is that if you want to be cheap when it comes to your health, then you're going to have to suffer the consequences of that. And what I mean that is, we live in a socialized medical system, which is so wonderful for Canada, right? We think that is a great thing, but I think it's made people really complacent, where they're like, "Well, if the doctors aren't going to pay for it, and if the system's not going to pay for it, I'm not going to pay for it out of my yeah. own pocket." And when you want to get to the bottom of your health issues you're going to have to pay out-of-pocket people. Like, you are just going to have to bite the bullet because it will save your life. Um, and that's what you did. You went and paid for out-of-pocket. Mm -hmm. You had all the tests that came back. So then what did he do then after that? What was the outcome of that? Um, the outcome of that was um, put me on this on the protocol of different, different supplements. Um, and it was all natural, pretty much natural stuff. Um, one specific one was, was the growth hormone was very low. Mm -hmm. um, so put me on... Um, 
something called cyclotropin, which is a spray bonito, rapidly increases your natural growth hormone. Um, coming on vitamin D supplement and coming on uh, supplements to stop the testosterone being converted to estrogen. And then, yeah, lo and behold, 10 days after that, I was like, whoa, like, I'm feeling like a new man right now. An amazing change, like, really, really positive. My girlfriend at the time, she, you know, she'd gone through hell with me over the last few years. She was an absolutely amazing woman. And she she saw the change. She's like, oh my God, this is amazing. 10 days. 10 days. You listen to a podcast, you get a doctor's name, you pick up the phone, you call him. This is what I think is really amazing about you, Chris, is that um, like you ha- you don't give up, right? It sounds like you just don't give up. You're like, okay, <laughs> you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to go for it. Like I hear this one thing in a podcast and you yeah. pick up the phone, you try the Wim Hof method, you, you know, do these things. So 10 days later, you're feeling amazing. Yeah. Okay. And so then what happens after that? Like, so then the life starts coming back to normal. Uh, it's like, you know, um, I am, I'm not really doing the wind breathing anymore, okay. which I should be doing, or I, I wasn't at the time, yeah. um, and I should have been, but, but no, I carry on with life and, and, and have an amazing, um, you know, a few life changes going on at the same time, some big stuff, but, but, but everything very positive. And, um, and you're already, able to handle these life changes a lot better. Amazingly, yeah, yeah. like, way, you know, way, way better than I've ever been on time with. Um, I'd already visited Tony Robbins in this, in this time period, um, and he, you know, he, you know, his seminars are incredible. Um, I know what people think about them who haven't been, but don't knock until you go. Um, and he teaches you similar tools to change your physiology, so you can take on your life in a, in a much more positive way. So I'm, you know, I'm using these tools. I've got my little rebounder at home. I bounce on a trampoline in the morning. I just got a rebounder. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Awesome. And, um, <laughs> um, and then. Yeah, I have these supplements and also the lifestyle to do amazing things. Um, I, have a, I have a tendency to really pile on um, extra things. I, you know, I'm chasing big, big goals in life and, yeah. and then I'll quite happily pile on plates. So I ended up going to another Tony Robbins event in the summer, to his business event. And one thing I didn't account for is how he really does get you massively uplifted. Yeah. Um, and one of the symptoms of, of PTSD myself is, is bipolar. So I, I go manic, and I go stupid depression, manic and depression. And this I, know is, I still, find that balance in the middle. And are you still taking the stuff mm-hmm. from the doctor in Burnley? Yeah, yeah, yeah still, still taking that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then I go to Tony Robbins, and I'm super happy about going there. And we go, I think, big manic streak mm-hmm. <laughs> to the point where it's like seeing this new girl. It's 11 30 at night, she's around my house on, on a Saturday night, yeah. and I'm like, sure, I'm working. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, I, I've got a business idea. Because you had a business idea. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got these new business ideas, and I just want to do everything. I'm like, yeah. there's 24 hours a day, I'll sleep at six, and I've got 18 to just work my ass off right now. Yeah. Um, and she could see there's something wrong. She's like, just please smoke a joint or something. Like, let's just chill out here. <laughs> And I remember I smoked a joint with them and go, and I went, oh, I'm being a bit weird, aren't I? Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but then you know, I carried on a few more weeks and then bam, I just crumbled. And this was a really heavy one, like really, really like fighting with myself, not saying I'm like, it got to it. It was, it was horrible. Like, I woke up in the morning and I went to I make a juice every morning, I make a shake, and I couldn't do either. I was like, what am I trying to do here? And I tried to do something else and it was back to the square one again. Yeah. And, um, and 
and I realized I forgot to take a lot of supplements that had been issued by this um, doctor. And yeah, I become incredibly suicidal. I have, a, I have an appointment a couple of days later with a psychiatrist, with a veteran psychiatrist. Um, and I'm like, if I can just get to him, I'm going to give in. I'm going to take pharmaceutical medications, which I totally not wanted to take the whole time. I'm just, personally, I'm just against taking them if I can't help it. Yeah. Right? I've done a bit of reading on it, I just don't want to do it. Um, so I go to him two days later and said, look, I need, I need something. I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. Um, and he gives him this prescription. He says, you know, if you want to stop taking it, you, you've got to tell me. Like, you can't just stop taking this stuff. And you know, a couple of red flags came up and he's telling me this stuff. And I then go to the pharmacy in Vancouver, of which I will never name. But yeah. um, I go and see this pharmacist and I give the prescription over and he comes out his medication. He looks at it and he goes, it's going to make you fat. And I'm like... He says, this is going to make you this fat. This is going to make you fat. And I'm like, thanks, I'm just training my gym harder. And he's like, you ain't going to be training for the last time. What are you giving me? So it's like this, it's the best thing that ever happened. Yeah. Um, and this is where I get into my, my next part, which is I go home and I read up on this stuff. And it's like this awful medication with all these side effects. I throw it in the drawer. I'm like, I'm not taking that shit. And as I throw it all the because the pharmacist says, this is going to make you fat and worse. Like, yeah. I won't get fat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, you own a gym. Yeah. I mean, that would just probably. No, it was just a big red flag. I want yeah. to take it. Just do this. Yeah, so, but um, it made you curious about what it is. Like, that's the thing, because a lot of people, I mean, the, when you pull out the, the I mean, I'm, people, next time you go get a prescription med, it doesn't matter what it is. It can even be aspirin, okay, off the counter. There is a pamphlet in there that they managed to print on the thinnest paper possible, fold it up so that when you unravel it, it's like this big. Okay, and it is just loaded with all the side effects of that um, prescription medication or even over-the-counter medication. And the side effects are crazy, but nobody takes the time to read what the side effects are. But here you go and you do this, mm. which probably speaks again to that you know you're a knowledge seeker. You're, you want to learn. Um, <laughs> you know you're not just going to hand yourself over to someone yeah. um, and let them do whatever they want to you. So, um, which I think are all incredible qualities. But I mean, you're, you've now come to the point where you're like, okay, I've tried everything that's in my toolbox. I have no more tools. I'm going to take this prescription med. The pharmacist says, like, this is going to do horrible things to you. You go home and do some research, um, which I think is brilliant, and I encourage everybody to do that. And you chuck them in the drawer, and you're like, no. Mm. So then what do you do? What do you do at this point where you have no so, more tools and the drugs are not something you want to take? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm a bit, you know, I've got my tools. I'm not figuring out that I should be using my tools at this point. I'm in such a low point. And, um, so you're not taking your supplements, you're not doing the breathing, you're not was, doing the medication, yoga? Yeah, I just started to take the supplements again. Um, I was doing some yoga, but, but I was just such struggling. I was really at a bad point. And um, I look, as I throw them in the drawer, there's a bag of magic mushrooms there from when we went camping. And um, well, I always keep magic mushrooms in the drawer, but there was some there. And yeah. I'd heard about microdosing. I'd only heard about it briefly in podcasts and in bit online. I looked at that. I just didn't, I'd never done it because I didn't know how much you should do. And I, didn't, I was scared. Yeah. I'm at wit's end right now. I'm like, I'm going to turn my life anyway. So I'm like, screw it. I'm going to do some microdosing. And, um, a plant medicine. A plant medicine. Yeah. Psilocybin magic mushrooms, um, which you can pick in the forest all around here, which is yeah. amazing. Like it um, grows freely everywhere. Yeah. But please don't, do not just go up and pick mushrooms because <coughs> a lot of mushrooms are deadly. Um, okay. So I've never, never picked them myself, and you get them doing what they do to it. Yeah. And 
I mean, there's dried mushrooms, I put them in your coffee grinder, blend them up, take a capsule or something else, empty it out, put them in a capsule, and take it. And I made seven capsules, and I took them for seven days, and lo and behold, my life just came into balance. <laughs> and then, like, going from this manic to suicide to, whoa, it's just getting shit done and feeling awesome. And being super not excited, not depressed, yeah. just being... So do you feel, and you know, this podcast, you know, is really about looking at people's lives when they hit rock bottom, when they're diagnosed with a chronic disease, when they have mental health issues, and it's looking at how they get out of those states and using, you know, plant medicine to do that, like food as medicine, whether it's carrots and apples for juicing, um, whether it's plant-based meals, you know, looking at supplements, you know, it's when we, when people actually reverse their illnesses without having to um, necessarily resort to the pharmaceutical prescription medications because we want to show people the healing power of the body because the body is designed to heal itself, but it does need help from, um, from plant medicine, you know, and that's every single prescription drug that's ever been created on the planet is based on the principles from from nature. And what they do is they go, well, how do we take this and synthesize it so we can um, measure it so we know exactly how much to give people. But it's based on actual science found out in nature, but then they synthesize it. The synthesized version of the plant medicine comes with all the side effects when the natural versions often don't come with the side effects. So I wanted to talk about what some of the side effects are. Like, were you feeling like high? Like you're saying you're balanced and you're focused yeah. and you know, you're able to, and you're just, you're feeling good. Um, but like, are you feeling high? Like what, what's that like? Nothing. I, I took it and first day I didn't feel anything. You kind of get to the end of the day and you go, ah, I did a good day today. And then the second day I took it, I did another good day. Yeah. And then by the end of seven days, I'm like, man, life's good right now. Life's really, really steady right now. This is good. I've not felt this for a long time. Um, and that's when I, 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 I'm walking down the street and I see my buddy who's another veteran and says, do you want to come and do some magic mushrooms at a, at a light festival with this time? So I was like, sure. So I go to a light festival and um, eat a load of magic mushrooms and took way more than I've ever taken. Because, because it was microdosing. Yeah, because microdosing is a little bit, right? If you're taking Such a small amounts yeah. versus the, you know, let's party and go to a rave or, you mm. know, do whatever, right? And like where you're actually looking for that intense high and hallucinations and you're wanting to be like taken out of the world and have these different experiences. So you go and you now take too much now. Yeah, so, so yeah, I take, I take a load of mushrooms. I'm like, oh, I microdose every day and, you know, as much as the microdose doesn't affect you yeah. at all. In terms of like cognitive, there's no cognitive difference in what you see the world really that, that day. Yeah. But I thought, oh, better take a bit extra, so mm -hmm. took a bit too much extra. I thought at the start, mm -hmm. you know, at first I thought, oh my god, I managed to overdose on shrooms. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. But then I ended up having this incredibly life changing spiritual experience, which I had no idea about. I didn't know this existed. Um, I would have told someone who was a massive hippie bullshit if someone had told me about this. Yeah, um, spirituality wasn't even like a word that you yes, used to describe yourself. <laughs> like, um, yeah, so lo and behold, I'm, I'm stood at this life, I'm still crying with joy, yeah. going, stop all wars with this to my buddy who's also a veteran, and he's like, I know. <laughs> that <laughs> like, is hilarious. You know, from a pretty, 
pretty intense military background, both of us. He was in the Nelson Forces. And, uh, oh, no, I think you just made mushrooms illegal. But you, Trump's going to ban them. I mean, you are not going to want to join the Air Force or the Army or the military. So the, this one, is, the one thing I said is if I'd have done this, I'd never, if I'd done this at 18, there's no chance I'd have ever joined up or never fought someone's war. Um, which, you know, brings back why they probably banned them in, in the first place. Um, but yeah, so I got yeah, this experience and, and, and life really did turn around at that point, like a huge 180 on everything. Um, I'll be on, on my perspective on my experiences, my perspective on, on what was going through, everything changed. And, and I carried on my production for, for about three months. Um, on and off, I had a vacation in between, I didn't do any in that time. And, um, and then, yeah, life is now very easy and, and you know, I probably will go back to my production at some point. So you're um, not really... Stepping away yeah. from it for now and, and, yeah. and having some time without it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I just need to see how it, how it pans out. I need to test this because this is a self, self. It's an experiment. experiment. Yeah. yeah. And, it's an experiment. Um, as much as they're doing studies now, which yeah. is amazing, the FDA approved stage one trials for treating PTSD with psilocybin mushrooms. And, and, and the so far, the studies that I've read about, they're having tremendous success with this, right. which is shown in, in what I'm experiencing. Exactly. Um, way more successful than anything I've heard with regards to these medications that they want to put you on. That you want of your life essentially you know they're not they're just a they're not fixed they're just a, a band-aid sort of solution that make pharmaceutical companies lots of money yeah. um so um yeah it's been it's been it's been a really incredible journey of, of tripping in the cosmos <laughs> seeing everything in a really nice a nice beautiful way and becoming far more empathetic and compassionate and, and, and reasonable and, yeah. and loving like i feel like my heart got opened up and Sounds ridiculous. I've never spoken like that before. Um, but this has definitely done something incredible to who I am yeah. and how I want to present myself and run and, and live my life. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at on the journey right now. And it's been, it's been a cool, cool little period. <laughs> and we are going to definitely follow you because one of the things I know with everything that you've come to is that. You've come to these things where I'm sure people are listening to this podcast. They're going to be like, "Man, these people are weird." Like, <laughs> go to your doctor, take the medications. But the things that you're finding are you're finding these natural tools. You're finding breathing, stretching, like running and exercise, sitting in the cold, which now scientifically has been proven to like protect your body and balance your hormones, protect your immune system, enhance all of those things. Um, and then, you know, you're looking at plant medicine. Now, um, I've only done mushrooms once. Um, it was for the millennium. Um, and uh, yeah, and I probably did too much. Like it was not microdosing. And it was, and I mean, for me, I had the time of my life and it was, I had, it's really what you describe as your experience is that, I had like this infinite um, capacity to love. And I remember that feeling being like so incredible. And I felt like, well, I just lucked out. Like I'm one of the lucky people who had such a great trip on these mushrooms and I never wanted to ever ruin that again. So I just never did them again mm -hmm. for me. And, but that feeling has stayed with me. Like, and I don't know if it was triggered by that. I think I've always been probably very, like I believe that we are all connected. We are all one. Our hearts are one. Um, and that we have this infinite capacity to love and care for others. Um, and so, you know, I'm super happy that you got to experience that because if the rest of the world can do that, no, we would never go to war. There's no oh way. Um, you see that everybody, everything is one. 
Um, and also I have a very addictive personality, like I'm very addicted to my work, but I know for myself, for like the few experiences that I've had with, um, with drugs is that I love them. Like I would be, I'd become addicted to them. Like why not do them? Brevin life is amazing when you do that shit. Like, so I just have to stay away from it entirely because I love my kids mm. and I would never want to harm my body and, um, and potentially have also a negative experience. So I just don't do them. I feel high all the time just from breathing and doing yoga and walking in nature. So if you can experience that in, in these ways, that's awesome. But I'm very curious about the microdosing um, because I know they're doing a lot of there's a, and the thing is, you've discovered these things, but there's scientific experiments happening with it right now because mm -hmm. we know in the scientific community that every prescription medication for anxiety, panic attacks, depression, um, mental health disorders, that um, they do not work as well. There's no study that shows that they work better than all of these tools that Chris has come up with, being in nature, breathing, exercise, and now they're going to discover microdosing of, of the plant medicines that are all around us. Um, Unless you say I didn't come up with them. Well, no, you didn't. I can't have, take credit for that. No, you didn't come oh, up with them, but you found them, and you said, yes, I would rather experiment with that on my body than experiment with the prescription medication. And it's not to shame prescription medication for anybody that's out there, because you know what? If you haven't found these other tools yet, and the only thing you have found is what your doctor is saying is prescription medication, then you know what? You have to do it, because you because mm -hmm. it's either that or you take your life. And just like, um, you know, you listen to the Ritual podcast, you know, um, and anybody out there, if you haven't discovered Ritual, please listen to his podcast as well, as well as the podcast that I'm going to list below that Chris mentioned helped him. Um, but if you're an alcoholic and you're thinking about having that next drink, really what you need to do is just get through that next moment of not accepting that drink. You just get through the next hour, then that turns into a day, like what you said, like, you know what, it's been one day. And it was it was an okay day. Yeah. And then it's one more day. Because otherwise you go down the rabbit hole and you go back to drinking. And it's the same thing with taking your life as well. That you know, if you can get through that next moment without taking your life, you can buy yourself one more day, one more day that gives you the opportunity to figure something out that's gonna help. And it's not necessarily gonna be like the complete answer, you know, but you know what, if it can buy you one day and one week and one year, it could potentially buy you your life in a lifetime, right? Mm, sure. Um, and that's why I want to stay connected and see what is next, what is next, and where this takes you. Who knows, who knows, but um, definitely, you know, constantly go back. And, and, and I'm sitting here and talk about Gerson therapy and, yeah. and, and using food. I can see the change in me when I go back to my old ways of living. I've done it a few times. Yeah. I go back to drinking and eating crap and putting dairy back in my body and doing all the crap that I shouldn't do. Yeah. And, and I feel the change and, and it's so, it's so, um, you've really got, really got to look at this as, as this is a, you know, this piece of meat that you are yeah. is so important to look after it and we, we take it for granted so much. And, you know, this has shown me, and one thing I didn't touch on was when we go back to the head injuries, the traumatic brain injuries, yeah. I used to I used to do train Muay Thai quite a lot. I would fight a lot in the street. I've been you know overall with, with not just fighting but various injuries. I've been knocked out eight times. Um, you know, been around big big blasts and stuff in in, in Afghanistan and places like that. Um, and, and I didn't realise that each one of these incidences is classed as a severe head injury essentially, and it, and it really upsets the balance. And um, <laughs> I, I'm never going to spar again. In, in 
in my time because I don't want to get hit anymore because I value this far too much now, having learned what I've learned, gone through this. Oh, like not bullshit, incredible exercise of bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> real hard time, and and it makes you value everything that much more. And now I only want to put the best stuff in here. Um, and like I said, don't get me wrong. I'll have a drink with the lads and. Um, and, and I'll eat a pizza every now and again or something like that. But, but overall, I just want this to be fueled with the best stuff I can find. And, and if that means I'm going totally against the person I used to be, well, then so be it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> That's uh, weird and all that kind of stuff. And I know people think I'm weird. Great. But isn't that how, that's how progress works when it comes to advancements in science and um, technology and knowledge and everything is that everything starts off as being weird. Einstein was weird, mm. right? Um, you know, Galileo was weird for thinking that the world was round and not flat. Um, you know, everything starts off with, you know, even neuroscience and neuroplasticity and everything we know about the brain that the brain is not mapped <clears> is that, um, we thought it was weird or I mean they were classified as total quacks. Gas Gerson was you know classified as a quack for thinking that food was medicine. And now I mean it's one of the most um, highly regarded nutritional therapies, um, even around this especially among the plant-based doctors out there that know that food is medicine. And um, and that's the thing is everything becomes weird and then it's denial like it can't be that that's too easy. Like it can't be plant medicine, it can't be food as medicine, it can't be breathing, it can't be yoga and stretching. That's too too simple. So then all of a sudden it becomes acceptance. But then all of a sudden it becomes like, yeah, of course, like that's just a given. You know, like really? Like of yeah. course. And so um, you know, I think that we just have to keep on being weird, right? For sure. Um, because if you don't, then you might just be dead. Exactly. That's um, the other side of it. You only get you know, you only got the shot to make this this life right. Yeah. And the one shot and you, there's no point in living yourself. Yeah. And with whatever it might be. Um, and one thing, you know, like, speakers of Buddy the other day about um, how, you know, he was talking about how he trains people and how the, the, they just want to come to him and him to take care of it. Or they want to go to a physio. My body, your job, fix it. Um, and that's not how you should be. You know, doctors, physios, whatever, they, they have a set of skills, but don't just resign yourself to them fixing you. Fix yourself. Like, figure it out. Like, there's, there's, there is other ways out there. Um, and yes, for sure, go to those people and use their knowledge and, and take their advice and do what they're saying. And I'm not saying don't take medication. I'm not saying that at all. People genuinely need medication. But, but also look outside that, the confines of what you know right now and see if there's anything else out there. And, and if there's, you know, prove that there's nothing else out there before you totally commit to this. And, and uh, you know, what I found is there's, there's tons of stuff out there. There's I'm so discovering so much all the time right now, and, and I know there's so much more to discover. I'll never stop looking for what for what's beyond what I know already, um, and it's exciting. It gives you the opportunity for growth as well, and then the opportunity to share it, like we're doing now, and, and, and hopefully other people will take a little bit on board, and maybe it'll help them as well. And that's the question that I wanted to end with as we wrap this up: is um, why did you want to? Because I know this can't be easy. Um, you know, doing a podcast talking about, you know, you're this strong guy from the British Air Forces who has a gym and all these businesses and, you know, you're, um, you know, but why did you want to come on and talk about this publicly? I mean, potentially honestly, thousands of people. Like, I really want to get this out to people. Um, I'm not, I'm not encouraging people to go and do what I've done. Wait for people like me to experiment and show it and learn with them to do the studies. But man, I want to be a voice about this because this has been so incredibly positive for me. <clears throat> I've just gone through one of the, 
the hardest times in business I've ever gone through. It's definitely the hardest time, I think. Um, right on the cusp of losing one of our businesses. And throughout this whole time, I mean, my health stayed so steady. Yeah. And I never thought that could happen. Uh, I've written that off. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been so incredibly, incredibly positive for my life. So if I can help someone, even if it's just one person, one person doesn't take a life because they've heard this. Amazing. You've done your job in the world. Absolutely. You are an amazing force, Chris, and I thank you so much for spending this time with me. Um, everything that Chris is uh, finished off with is absolutely true, and I can speak to it as well because we just went through one of the hardest years in our life and our business as well. Um, and in fact, we built a wellness center in Pemberton, British Columbia, and uh, Canadian government and the banks all changed their policies where they didn't want to um, fund or uh, provide a mortgage to any farmland smaller than five acres and we bought a one acre piece of land just before they changed this and we were told we couldn't get a mortgage so we had you know moved communities set up a whole entire business hired staff and then we were told we couldn't get a mortgage and we were about to lose our property and um, I then and I was in China teaching at the time when all of this was happening staying up all night trying to you know fill up mortgage applications the stress of thinking like how do I face my community um, and my family like I put ourselves in this situation and I started to get to the point where I was like anxiety panic attacks I could feel were just starting um, and the one thing though is I kept fueling myself with plant-based medicine I kept making sure that the um, nutrients that I needed that I couldn't get with food that I was getting so the magnesium to support my neurological system I was doing the breath work I was doing the stretching I was the, do, taking off time to just pause and be like okay let's just quiet the mind here and I know that if I didn't have those tools in my toolbox um, I actually could have easily because there was a point where I was thinking my life insurance um, would be enough to save the house and the only way to get the life insurance was if uh, my life was gone so that was um, Right at the time where that scared me because I was like why is my brain? Going to the point of thinking about you know taking my life during the most stressful stressful year of my entire life and it really isn't because it's it wasn't me like looking for an easy way out where I know that you said that at the beginning that you know um, thinking that you know you're just like this loser and I'm just gonna take the easy way out that's not the case actually what I've learned about going through that experience and the research that I've done is that people often take their life because and you had mentioned this before because you feel like you're a burden on others and that's the point where I got to where I thought I was a burden on the bank system, on the mortgage system, on my family, on my employees, because I couldn't find a solution. So really when we get to that point, it's actually our brain is trying to problem solve and the brain will go to any lengths. Like just like I think lemmings, when they become overpopulated, they're like, that's it. They just end up running over a cliff. Um, and in nature, we see these examples of that. And so um, that was my closest that I've ever come to thinking about um, and it wasn't even me thinking about it, it was my brain actually coming up with a solution, and that wasn't a solution for me. So, um, so people, I want you to remember, um, if you got anything out of this podcast, this hour together with Chris and everything that he said, is that um, try and make it through one more day. Try anything to make it through one more day. Um, ask questions, turn on the radio. You never know what book might, might inspire you, what person might inspire you, what tool there might be, and just try it. 
Just try it if it'll give you one more day to figure it out. So Chris, I can't thank you enough. Thank you. We are going to have more of this time together. You're off to Mexico. I'm off to Hawaii. Um, and I wish everyone out there a very happy holidays. This probably won't come out to, um, after the holidays, but please eat well. Um, clear mind, clear body, provide it with clean substances, um, and be well. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thank you so much for being here today. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And please let us know if you have any questions or if you want to provide feedback on any of our shows, contact us by emailing us at info at richerhealth.ca. And you can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive information about our upcoming events, to learn more about the healing retreats that we offer at our Nutrition and Detox Wellness Center, and to get a copy of our latest book titled Eat Real to Heal, of course. Lastly, if you want one of us to do the cooking for you, just come visit us at the Green Mustache Organic Cafe in your neighborhood.